The Reason by Cohen Handler, Property Buyers Agents. Proving the hard facts about property investing with Australia's leading buyers agents. Good day, everyone. How are you going? Uh, Phil Tarrant here. I'm a co-host of The Reason. It's one of the highlights of my month, getting together with uh, my other co-hosts on this show, do a bit of a deep dive into property, what's happening and some of the uh, the factors which are shaping the way in which property investors are approaching buying property today. If you've been tuning into uh, Smart Property Investment for many years, you'll know that I'm just a humble journalist trying to get by in life. I'm also a property investor, but I'm fortunate to have a very good network of people around me who do this for a living and are very capable. Uh, one of them is my co-host, Simon Cohen from Cohen Handler. Simon, how you going, mate? You well? Very well. Always good to be back in the studio, Phil. You're founder and managing director. Yeah. Manager director. Yep. Yeah. Or just a buyer's agent. All of the above. All of the above. Depends first any, any given day. First and foremost, a buyer's agent. That's first the of, the favourite part of my role. So you're first and foremost a buyer's agent and that's what you're doing, but then yeah. you do all the other stuff connected in with running a very good buyer's agent. Yeah. I like it. How'd you find this episode two of uh, The Reason? How'd you find episode one? Episode one was awesome. Great feedback. I actually had a guy telling me he was sitting on a plane, flying back from Brisbane, listening to the podcast, heard some tips that helped him renegotiate his lease at his office. Okay. So that was good. Glad people are getting stuff out of it. But very happy to be joined by Leon today, who's obviously from Cohen Handler and excited to sort of share the mic with him. Absolutely. So uh, Leon Jacques is Senior Buyer's Agent, Cohen Handler. How are you going, Leon? You well? Really good. Thanks for having me. Did you listen? In episode one of The Reason. I hope you did. It was probably mandatory listening around the office, no doubt, Simon. It, it got sent to everyone. Can't force them to listen. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have a chat today about some of your experience, Leon, navigating and uh, supporting buyers agents, how you work with Simon on Cohen Handler. I want to touch on emotional buying as a big theme today. And this is where people get carried away and buy the wrong stuff because they get emotionally connected with it. Now, before we do that, Simon, it's only episode two. So some people still might this might be the first episode of The Reason. They've just sound us and uh, welcome if that's you. Tell us a little bit about The Reason and why The Reason. The Reason, I think, you know, we sort of touched on it last time, but it's the reason why, you know, why people come to us, why people buy property, the reason about what you should look for, what makes a good property, what makes a bad property, just the reasons why, you know, everything around property and what makes it, you know, the right investment in property you can go very right or very wrong and hopefully out of this podcast you're going to find the reasons why and how you can go very right very well summarized now leon how long have you been with simon working at cohen handler now about three and a half years previously i was a selling agent in double bay had an office there for quite some time and then changed up from the dark side of real estate to the light side of real estate is the light side better than the dark side? It's a lot more fun, yeah. <laughs> and it's a career progression for a lot of agents now to move into becoming a buyer's agent. What do you find has been the best takeaways from you as a career as a selling agent to now move into a buyer's agent representing the buyer in a transaction rather than the actual vendor? I think it's really understanding what the selling agent's motivations are as well and getting inside their head and also Having dealt with vendors for so long, you understand the vendors' emotions, the vendors' motivations, and we're able to use that when we're negotiating for our clients to get them the best deal. Yeah, it's a lot of psychology, isn't it? It's a hell of a lot. We're part-time psychologists. We're Forty-nine for sure. percent psychologists, fifty-one percent buyers agents. Really? Are you a good psychologists? <laughs> Must do it well. I think we both. If we were tested, I'd say we'd both have PhDs in it. <laughs> so this must be an interesting sort of point, Simon. And I want to talk about sort of people emotionally buying today. But I guess, you know, if you are a part-time psychologist, 49% of the time you are actually working with people on their emotions, their perceptions, their 
maybe their prejudices about particular things or buying in property, and you've got to help shape that. I would imagine that every single new buyer's agent in your business would spend some time with you before you say, yes, they're right for this organization. How do you map EQ in a buyer's agents to see whether or not they've got the skills and capabilities to help navigate transactions outside of the nuts and bolts of a dollars and cents on a, on a contract? One, I think, you know, you can tell pretty quickly if someone's a stable person and they're a sensible person, but I also think it comes down to whether they're an ethical person. Mm. You know, a lot of our job, you know, when you're guiding emotion, people get emotional and that's when they can make the wrong decision and a lot of people will get excited about pushing them into a deal to make a fee. You know, if you work with us and I think if you, you know, you are a good buyer's agent wherever you work, it's about being ethical and honest and saying, I'm going to take my emotional hat off. I'm going to take my greed hat off. And I'm going to, and I think we spoke about it last time. And if we didn't, I always say to clients, you know, write down your list of your top five priorities. And whenever we're looking at a property, you know, let's tick off those top five priorities and take emotion out of it and always revert back to that, right? So it's not, you know, if someone's ethical, they're not going to think about the dollars at the end. They're going to think about the outcome. But there's two different types of buyer's agents. There's ones who specialize in investment and ones who specialize in house buying. And so, you know, in investment, there can be no emotion whatsoever because as you know, as a property investor, it comes down to dollars and cents. Mm. But when it's a house you're buying, you know, there is emotion that does come into it. It's just about making sure you're still ticking those boxes. It's absolutely critical. And your business is 50-50? Yeah, we're about 50-50. I'd say so, yeah. What do you specialize in, Leon? Well, I'm kind of one of those guys that does a bit of both, to tell you the truth. So previously to- He's emotionally very stable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, look, previously I was purely investment. Since coming to Cohen Handler, I've been doing a lot more home buyers as well. So my portfolio buyers at the moment probably leans more towards home buyers, but I've certainly got maybe 30% investors in my buy list. And I imagine that's the state of the market as well as what stocks on market. Well, that's it. Yeah, as the market's changed recently, again, and APRA have loosened, you know, lending criteria, investors have come back into the market as well. So they're back out. And I've got a lot of previous investors coming back for second, thirds, fourth properties. And a big part of the reason is that over the course of this year, uh, every single month, we're going to get together myself and Simon, and we're going to get different guests coming to the studio. And each of them are going to have their own set of skills or, or their own view or perception towards property and investing in property. So it's mine and Simon's job to extract that great information out of them. And uh, today, you're you're our first guest, Leon. It was just me and Simon first time around. So we really want to capitalise on all these years of experience that you've had as a selling agent and now as a buyer's agent. And just concentrating on this investor side of things, you know, emotions must get really heated at a point in time in a market we are. And we're talking about Sydney and also the Melbourne markets where a lot of buyers, not a lot of stock on market. So a lot of people start getting desperate, frustrated of being at open homes or going to 20 auctions and missing out all the time. You know, how do you start tempering those type of emotions when it's a difficult market like we're in right now? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Desperation Mm. does come often from looking for such a prolonged time. And sometimes people can make the wrong decisions. Look, I've always said to my clients, it's not about getting the job done quickly. It's about getting it done properly. And often we have to pull clients off properties that they really want to buy, but they're not the right property. So it's really explaining, getting down the nuts and bolts for investors. It's really about showing the numbers to them, what performs better than another property. You've got to get a good understanding of what they're looking for, growth versus yield or both, where we can get it for them and just showing what will perform better for their budget. And what do you think, what are the major risks when you're faced with emotional buy where, you know, you are pressured, you actually make the decisions you probably shouldn't be making because of this emotional stuff. What's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? 
Look, buying property, if you make a mistake in property, particularly if it's your first one, it can be very damaging to the rest of your portfolio. So if you're looking for good capital growth and you buy a property in a performing area and it doesn't grow, getting to that second property may never happen or will take a lot longer. So it's really about taking a deep breath, analyzing everything, and then before we make a decision, doing all the data. And if we miss out, if price goes too high, we've got to be prepared to walk away. That's actually a really good point. And Leon and I just signed up a client who actually bought property in southeast Queensland quite a while ago when it was spruiked to him. Mm. And he was saying at the sign-up meeting, it was the biggest mistake he's ever made because not only has it not gone up, it's gone down. And so it set his wealth creation journey, which should have been a lot quicker and been a lot more advanced by now back many years. And so if you don't buy right at the beginning, as Leon says, you can be in a really, really difficult position And this guy would have been better off just not entering the market at all. Yeah, even one of my best friends in the world, and I'm sure, Mark, if you listen to this, you don't mind me mentioning the story. He bought a property in southeast Queensland, bought it some time ago, didn't come to... Sorry to anyone in southeast Queensland. (laughs) Great place to live, though. Yeah, Yeah, great place to live, but capital growth in some of those regions hasn't been fantastic. Mm. And he went up there, flew up there, thought he might be overpaying, but a little bit, but all property doubles in every seven to 10 years, he thought, in Australia. Well, he's just gone through a divorce. He's had to sell that property. He paid 350000 for it, and I think he's just sold it for two sixty ten 10 years later. It's a bit of a haircut. Yeah, it's a big haircut for him. So that's a really important point. So you're going to go, oh, he has only lost forty grand or whatever, but he's held that property for a whole period of time. He's had to pay a mortgage down on that. And the key thing, imagine if he put that money somewhere else, what could have happened with that, that asset base? Well, that's exactly right. So had he bought in a growth area- Parramatta 10 years ago, oh, yeah. he would have doubled his money. He, yeah. Any of those growth areas where he could have got into, he would have doubled his money, had equity, be able to use that equity, tap that out, use that as leverage to get to his second property, and maybe would have even been on a third property by now. Mm. I hope you're enjoying the reason, part of the Smart Property Investment Podcast Network. Now, we're going to be doing this every single month. So if you've got any questions for us, uh, we're happy to answer them on air. Myself and Simon, mainly Simon, I don't really have an opinion on things. I'll just help coordinate it all. But how do you get in touch with us? It's hello at cohenhandler.com.au. So it's hello at cohenhandler.com.au. Write in, let us know. Now, Simon, I know the best buyers agents I know are pretty reflective and they're happy to put their hands up and say, yes, I've learned this along the way and much what you're doing right now, sharing that experience with other people. How do you, and we all do it, when you find yourself becoming emotionally invested in a purchase, how do you stop yourself from doing that and getting yourself back into equilibrium and start thinking about the numbers? And we're talking about investment here because owner-occupied stuff's a little bit different. I mean, look, the property's never for me, so I always am unemotional. It's just what you learn. Mm. I guess it's like a doctor who has to give bad news to people. You know, you just stick to the brief and you get used to it. And again, I reflect back to those top five points that each of our clients make on day one. And I also reflect back to what makes a good investment and what makes a bad one. I think, you know, when you become a professional like any of us and you're giving someone advice, you need to always reflect on what advice you'd give yourself and your own family. And you've got to be honest and give them that advice. I think emotion doesn't come into anything when you're buying an investment. It just comes down to whether it ticks boxes. You know, I always think, well, if I'm on the mic, like I am with you right now, Phil, what's the advice I'd be giving? Does that meet that advice? If not, it's not the right property. 
Why do people, even though they're experienced investors, might have five, ten properties, they still fall into this trap of getting emotionally connected? And I still do it myself. It's human right? nature. Just human nature. Leon, how do you, like, as a practitioner and to this point around being a, a psychologist as much as a buyer's agent, when you see this happening, you see people moving into that particular domain, what skills, what tactics, how do you communicate with someone saying, no, nah, you're just being an idiot. That's completely wrong. <laughs> did you get that blunt or, you know, I imagine you're a lot more sophisticated than that. Uh, He's a lot more subtle than yeah, I am. a lot more subtle. Yeah, look. Oh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be a subtle buyer's agent. <laughs> I think really, like I'm quite an analytical person mm. and I've got quite a calm nature. And I think if I can show them numbers and if I pull people off properties and I tell them this is not the right one for you, or if it is the right one and the numbers don't stack up, which is also an important uh, mm. reason to maybe walk away from a property, I'm building trust. And that's part of the psychology, you know, if you build trust with your client, if they know you're working in their best interest, then when you say, hey, we should pull the trigger on this one, then they'll have the courage to pull the trigger on that one. Have you ever had someone say to you, Leon, you're completely wrong, this is the right property, we're going to go about doing it anyway, and you're just going, okay, well, sure, go for it, you know? Yeah. It must happen. Look, it happened to me once where, you know, I overpaid for a property, but with the client's absolute demand that I overpaid for it. So it was a property in Willara. It was an apartment that had been refurbed. Comparable sales. Yeah, comparable sales were, you know, suggested the property was about 1.1, but the uh, guy who, the developer that renovated everything had a quite a large price tag on those. My client was saying to me, like, why are you trying to take me off this property? You know, why are you trying to walk away? And I'm saying, well, for this type of budget, I can buy you something substantially better. And he said, look, I'm instructing you to pay the fee. I'm instructing you to pay it. I understand, you know, that we're massively overpaying. He couldn't, he said, I can't tell you why. I later found out the reason, which was quite a personal reason why he wanted to be in that. He could afford to overpay. So he was satisfied. So at the end of the day, our job is also to advise, but also secure. It's Mm. the hardest part of the job. You know, Leon was really in a, a predicament then. I mean, you know, what we buy you know, reflects on the buyer's agents we are and he didn't want to overpay. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the ultimate outcome is making sure our clients are happy. And if they say buy it and that's the cheapest price we can get it at, but yeah. Look, the others in the block all sold around the same price. It's not as, as well. exciting as when you buy something for no, 15% less than what the others in the block sold. Which is what you guys love, Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. It's what we thrive off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, well, I give myself a pillow test at night. If I can go to sleep knowing that I've done a great job for my client, then I'll sleep at night and I'm happy to, you know, sign on the dotted line. On this one, I tossed and turned for a long time, but it yeah. was, you know, he understood the value and he was prepared to move forward. But the reason why he wanted to pay that price is because you said it was a, 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 very, a, personal a very personal reason, reason which I'm not going to ask you what it yeah. is, but that's his driver and that's dynamics of real estate, right? You often don't know the reason why someone is will overpay, underpay, why they think it's this way or that way. So yeah. it's a skill as a buyer's agent to make sure they get it right and, you know, that whole pillow test, sleeping at night. You know, if you've provided a service to this particular person and they're happy with the outcome, I'd say you've done a good job, even though you've overpaid it, but it's not always about price. Well, look, I'd say it's, maybe a, it is. it's probably one of the nah. only two times that I've been through that and both were very strong emotional connections to properties. It was like, whatever it takes, my instructions are, even if it's overvalue, I don't care, I want to secure that property. But taking those two out of play, you know, generally we'll get our clients to walk away. There's always another opportunity. Money runs out before opportunities do. Not a bad way to see it. Mm. Mm. So 
this sort of dynamic, you must see it's like a step change of people as they get more invested in property. I want to start becoming a property investor. So they come and speak to Cohen Handler. You have a chat with you. They get excited about it. They start burying themselves in every single piece of information around it. And education is absolutely critical to be a, a good investor. But often too much information, the wrong information can shape the way or make you make negative or, or the wrong decisions. How do you go with people coming in saying, I want to invest in Brisbane because everyone's talking about Brisbane and I'm now emotionally connected with Brisbane because everyone else is making money up in Brisbane or any other given, you know, uh, location. How do you shape that and how do you change people's thoughts process so they can think more intelligently about a particular opportunity and maybe not even be location-based because that's largely part of the end of the chain when it comes to buying property, isn't it? Yeah, look, there's a whole bunch of things that we'll look at and sometimes Brisbane will be the right opportunity for Mm. them depending on what their portfolio's got. So if they've got a lot of properties, for instance, in New South Wales already and they're paying land tax, then maybe moving to somewhere like Melbourne or Brisbane could be a good opportunity, but we've got to be careful in those states what we buy and where we buy. They're not as forgiving for capital growth as Sydney would be for area. So I'd sit down with them and I'd look at the numbers, understand the motivation, the reasons behind see if there's better opportunities presenting themselves in Sydney. And if not, we'd guide them to our teams in Melbourne or Brisbane to buy. I think it comes down to price, risk, and whether they want yield or long-term capital growth. And only after finding out those three things, you can really ascertain where they should buy. Mm. And it's your job as buyers agents to extract that information. Yeah, we have offices in all states. So Mm. it's not about spruiking a certain area or anything like that. It's about getting you the best possible outcome for your budget and your risk factor. It's a really interesting dichotomy, the whole emotional buying and using information that helps shape your your personal investment into a process, and that is buying property. And I think everyone needs to have that. It's got to be a reason why you're investing in property. For most people, it's about wealth creation or they Mm. want to, or whatever, they want a nice retirement. And that's typically the reason why some people just absolutely love doing it. But the end product is- The Australian dream. The great Australian dream. Everyone wants their own property so they can have a better retirement. But how does that, that narrative, that internal narrative that a lot of people have sort of narrow down where and how you search for property? Now, a lot of people think- researching properties sitting on domain and realestate.com when they're watching Married at First Sight, right? You know, spending two, three hours a night looking at properties on domain and realestate.com.au and that's them being a researcher or a property investor. People waste so much time doing that, don't they? Yeah, mind you, I sit back at Married at First Sight and well, I'm looking for what I'm going to see the next day as well. Yeah. But as dark not, secrets are coming out. Exactly, yeah. Well, it's my guilty pleasure. But <laughs> look, at the end of the day, it's a hell of a lot more than that. It's looking at long-term historical growth factors. What are the drivers that will keep that capital growth going there year on year, decade after decade? It's just making sure that they're there. We want to be in the right streets and the right suburbs where you know capital growth has consistently done well over long periods of time. So how much emotion do you actually need in the process of buying property versus no emotion whatsoever? And this is this is Simon, and you said you don't have a lot of emotion, but you've got a lot of EQ. So you, you need to be invested in something and you need to be emotionally invested in something, but how do you in use investment properties for good? Zero emotion. In primary residence, you do need some emotion because you have to put yourself in the heads of your clients. If they're a young family, you need to be able to see them living there. You need to be able to see the kids playing in the garden, swimming in the pool. You know, if it's if a downsizer, you need to be able to see them sitting on the balcony looking at the view. I mean, you know, I'm fortunate where I get to work with a lot of people who have very high budgets. And I think I put myself in the perspective that, you know, how proud they must be to have worked Uh, to be able to get to a position where they're so fortunate to be able to buy 
their dream property. And I think you have to be able to understand and respect that. So you are helping people ultimately get what they've worked their entire life for. And so, you know, you definitely do need to have emotion. You definitely do need to, you know, be able to get inside people's heads and understand it. But you also need to be able to know that if it's not the right property at the right price, next. So you need to be emotionally invested in the outcome of a good process. I'm talking about investing. So what investing successfully would look like once you've done that and you you know might be emotionally invested when in when it becomes investing you have to be emotionally invested in the fact that you want your client to buy the right property so that their path or their journey to building their property portfolio is going to be the right one and sometimes that means telling the client in the nicest possible way. And Leon's Leon's a lot more delicate. He's the master. Yeah. A lot more delicate at it than me. But this is not the right property. And this is a bad decision. And I think, you know, one of the things we do a lot of is tell our clients when something's not right. Because, you know, and I think we spoke about it last time too, but the thing we're almost proud of is when we've had clients come to us and then we bought for them and bought for them and bought for them. They've been able to build property portfolios from the first property we bought for them. And you want that outcome for everyone. You don't want them to have a, a South East Queensland outcome like Leon's mate. Was it Mark? Yeah, Mark. Mark, yeah. Mark. Hi, Mark. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. And I'll just add to that. I mean, a perfect example for me was I secured a property for someone on Saturday night in South Coogee. But we were also, it was in a nice quiet street by the cliff, walking distance to the beach. But they also really liked something on a very busy main road. It was substantially cheaper but they liked it because it was, they kind of got emotionally attached to it because of the price rather than the property. And they were thinking about what they could do to it. But I had to sit down and show them the numbers to say, hey, we're going to overcapitalize on this. If we put the money into this property, it's still going to be on this street and you're not going to get the return on your investment. So you are better to pay a little bit more for this one around the corner. It's going to end up being less than buying that one and renovating. And then you're going to have a property that when you go to sell that property, other buyers aren't going to have the same objections about a busy road. And that's a really important point, you know, mm. buying the right property for what might happen next. You've got to be thinking about the next, uh, the future of the property. So that's a really interesting thing you said there, Leon, and that's people get emotionally invested about different components of a property. You know, they get emotionally invested by the price. They might get emotionally invested because they've got a pool in the backyard. They might get emotionally invested because they love the garden in the front. Or There are so many different parameters that people get connected with, which is largely irrelevant when it comes to the big picture for what that property is. So how do you sort of steer people through that process saying, don't worry about that, don't look at that, that's not important, or is you just got to let them go with it? I think if they're emotionally attached to that, that's okay, that's a good mm. thing, right? Because that's where they see themselves and then bring their family up. So I don't really steer them through that process, but unless I see there's a problem with the property and it's not going to be a good purchase, then our job is to sit down, understand that they're emotionally attached to it, keep the search going in the background for other opportunities. However, we then start to do due diligence on price. Mm. And then if we can secure it at the right price, fantastic. But we can't let emotions run away with trying to purchase the property. Do you think when people get emotionally connected with the property, investors or unoccupiers, they just put blinkers on and everything just pales in insignificance because they're so focused. They get a bias in a particular way or tunnel vision, if you want to call it. Some do. They're very different types of people. So you've got, for instance, engineers. Mm. Engineers can suffer from analysis paralysis by overanalyzing everything. And you get others that fall in love with pretty much every property that they walk into. So it's really understanding the motivations of each person that you work with 
and then just still guiding them through that process and holding their hands. And imagine, and Simon, you've probably seen a lot of this as well, you want this whole balance between the emotions or the outcome of a purchase and what it means and how it might amplify people's lives. You know, how do you, you want people to be connected emotionally with the reason for investing in property, but not too emotionally connected so it is detrimental to getting the right outcome. It's a really fine line. Yeah, it's, it, look, buying property can be a game of poker at times and mm. we can't, sometimes can't let the agents know what cards we're holding. You know, the pure emotions where people push and push and push to secure that property. So our job is to kind of hold back that emotion visibly to the agents. I mean, I've had a situation with a client that Simon and I were working on together where I showed them a great off-market property in Elizabeth Bay. He loved it. She hated it. Mm. He rang me that evening and said to me, you've got to do whatever you can to get her to fall in love with this property. This is the greatest property I've ever seen. You've got to turn her into a buyer on this property. She just cannot see the value. While I'm on the phone to him from another room, she's calling me. I hung up from him. I, I picked up her phone and I just said, she rings me up and she says, you've got to get him off this property. I hate it. It's just got no energy. I don't like it. And I just said to her, look, at the end of the day, if you don't love it, History's always told me that if the woman or the wife or partner doesn't like the property, we're never going to buy it. But uh, yeah, we had to walk away. But it was really managing both people's expectations. Uh, how did you manage it back with him? Oh, we walked him? away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we found something that they both loved and it was an off-market one. And we had about a two-week negotiation on that, but we got to a price where everyone was happy. You've just made a really important point. Part of the reasons why I use buyer's agents for securing my property is that you can buttress all the emotions out of whether it's, you know, a person's partnership, a couple, whatever it is, relationship with that property. And you can be uh, the person that negotiates it without emotion or any real bias other than getting the outcome for the person. That's why I use a buyer's agent. But also for people who might have conflicting ideas is they're co-investing. Mm. You can be a real source of dispute resolution <laughs> and conflict resolution, right? You know, as part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we're marriage counsellors. That's, that's a great point. You know, when you uh, get How many marriages people, have you guys broken up? Emotion, <laughs> emotion just gets a little cray-cray. Mm. How yeah. often, and, you know, investing, so providing a service to a partnership, so two people, irrespective of whatever that looks like, how, how often is there an alignment between those two people? Or is it typically you think, that there is a bit of a disconnection with what they want and the big part of the process is actually understanding that because only then you can buy effectively. Yeah, I think when we have the initial meeting, I always like both partners there and mm. I ask the questions and I listen to both people to see if they are aligned. When there's a non-alignment between the two, it does make buying very difficult. Sometimes it could be a non-aligned on bud alliance on budget. Sometimes it can be on type of property and location. So it's really about trying to get them to agree, focus on a strategy and a plan and on a property at a location, a budget, all those type of things where they both align and then we've got the opportunity to buy. If we don't get there, we'll never secure them. So you've got to get that right to start with. Don't, you, even, you, don't even start looking at stuff until you get consensus? Absolutely. Or is yeah. it normally consensus or is it compromise or is it... Oh, there can be some compromises, yeah. you know, at times. And There's and always got to be compromises. People have different tastes in architecture, in style, in where they want to live. You know, a wife has a desire to be near the school. A husband has a desire to be near work. You know, there's so many different factors that come into it. Mm. It's about being a good buyer's agent who can actually marry them all together and get an outcome everyone's happy with. So is it easier to negotiate with the agent than what it is for the people buying in unison? 
maybe sometimes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends on the agent, the relationship, and then the client too. So you, can be, you can be managing all things at the same time. So what's some of your top tips, Leon, around easing the emotions from your search? You know, and, and this is you as a buyer's agent, but, but people who don't use a buyer's agent who are out there doing themselves. How do you get rid of the emotion at the front end so you can actually – look at particular opportunities, particular areas, particular suburbs, particular houses without real bias or agenda? Yeah, look, I think the answer would be the same for investors as it is for homeowners. Mm. And that would be before you ever sign on a dotted line, go out and do your work, go to the opens, walk through the properties, ask the agent, the guide, but write down a number on the brochure that you get that you think that that property's worth. And after time, if you're starting to get those numbers right or get very close consistently, then you're getting an understanding of the value of the market. Then once you've found the property that you like, that you're emotionally attached to, then you can take, you know, still keep the budgetary restrictions in place around value of that property. So you can still use your emotion to fall in love with the property, but then you use your common sense on what you'll pay. It's a difficult process. It's a long, tiring process, yeah. Look, it's quicker for some than others. Mm. You might, you know, you might have to see hundreds of properties over a long period of time while the market is moving and adjust your expectations along the way. And that's a critical point because if you started looking at property yesterday, and let's just say there's a window of two months for when you might secure something, three months, depending on what's going on, the market, the market we're in right now is going to look very, very different then. You know, this resetting the new norm, you know, happens every weekend, right, in the market which is going up. And particularly those that are quite analytical and procrastinated with their purchase, had they been looking in January last year, the prices they would pay back then are not reflective of the prices they would have to pay now. And they're finding it difficult to adjust to those changes. Yeah, it is. And it's very difficult. And one of the reasons why Simon, in this particular market, but all markets, but this particular market where there is such a shift and change that a buyer's agent can really take all the heat out of it for you. They can do that and many, 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 many other things, Phil. Mm. Removing the emotion in particular. Removing the emotion. It's really good. I like it. <laughs> it's it's funny, you know, it's I don't really thought too much about it. You, everyone always anecdotally says the best investors don't have any emotion. But you have to have emotion. You've got to be emotionally connected with the outcome in order to be disemotional, if that's a word, in the process. We just know. have to be emotional that, we, you know, we want to get our clients the right outcome. That's a good thing. Yep. Great thing. It's good. Leon, I've really enjoyed you coming and having a chat. And, yeah, uh, thank you, Phil. You know, welcome to the light side rather than uh, <laughs> those real estate agents out there doing stuff. Have you always sold in um, out in the uh, eastern suburbs area? Is yeah, that look, my office was in Double Bay, although I did sell like Lower North Shore and in the west a little bit as well. And I still buy in those areas a little bit. But, you know, most of my buyers are probably eastern suburbs and in the west. Okay, great. Well, really nice to connect and make sure you stay in touch and really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience on the reason. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. Nice one. Simon, thanks again, mate. Uh, it's always, always a, pleasure a pleasure coming in. I really enjoy it. Website. What is your website? Cohenhandler.com.au. Okay, go there. There's heaps of stuff. Check out what you do and how you do it. And Podcasts, blogs, info, everything. All and sundry. Beautiful photos. <laughs> There's plenty there. Plenty is that, to look is that, is that photos see. of your team or of properties or whatever? Both. Both. Okay. You can send an email to hello at cohenhandler.com.au about which you prefer. Brilliant. Let's do that. So- if anyone wants to get in touch about absolutely anything, whether it's the podcast or what you do or how you see the world, hello at cohenhandler.com.au. It's the place to be. That's the one. Social media, where are you on social? Cohen Handler on Instagram, yep. Facebook. All and sundry. We're out there. Okay. You can't miss us. Good.
Well, thanks for coming in, guys. I do appreciate it. Uh, remember, I hope you're enjoying uh, This is episode two of The Reason. Go back, listen to episode one. Check it out where we really gave a, a grounding for what we're going to be achieving over 2020 uh, with The Reason, part of the Smart Property Investment Podcast Network. We'll be back again next time. Until then, bye-bye. 